0: This is Thancred, and you're listening to Etherite Radio. Etherite Radio? How exactly does that work? Someone get Fern in here! I need him to explain this to me! I need to know the lore behind this!
1: This is Fern Halls.
2: You spoony bard! And you're listening to Etherite Radio. Please look forward to it. Alright, hello and welcome to Lorecast from Etherite Radio. Uh, Gamerscape's Final Fantasy 14 podcast. I'm FusionX. Joining me today, we've got Sinindra, Algerno, and Rook, and we've got the lower boys. We've got Anonymous and is Welcome, everybody.
3: Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello.
2: Well met. So uh, today, uh, we've been wanting to talk about think- this for a couple weeks. Um, with patch 5.25, we got some. Uh, new stuff about Boja Citadel, and so uh, there's some interesting stuff that we've learned from this. Um, and even better, after you do this initial uh, solo instance, you have all these NPCs that just are just. Let me tell you about all these things, and there's a lot of <laughs> really interesting uh, tidbits of information in there. So uh, today we're just going to talk about Boja, everything we know about Boja, um, and we want to start. Um, Moose, I don't know if you wanna if you wanna take the reins on this one. Um, years 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 ago uh august of tw- 2013 you you old. wrote something for us <laughs> yeah it's been a while almost seven years oh.
4: seven isn't that long a time you're not old we... yet Con-
2: considering <laughs> that wasn't this year the the sixth anniversary of a real report
1: <laughs> do and often uh, also go to the glue factory? Or is that just horses uh, I, think, I think they could. Run. I think I'm bound for the glue actually. That, that's no. a depressing turn. Wow. Like,
3: <laughs> oh. you Not might a be older or but in human years, you'd be like a child. So, yeah, exactly. you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, exactly. obviously,
2: you were born with the lore of ARR. I mean, or the lore <laughs> yeah. of 1.0. So what would that have been? Like, 2008, maybe? If yeah. they started real early?
3: Your consciousness came into being and the yeah. lore of Final Fantasy just immediately... <laughs> yeah.
2: His 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 lore <laughs> is pre Oda San, that's how, how far back it goes. Is Moose an AI? Holy shit. I mean That's why well, my FC makes
1: that joke. <laughs> I don't believe it. I mean he's yeah, he's, he's a full on cyborg. Guy I, I met well, him in he person. Even...
2: He's got a he's got a really good exoskeleton that they the government made for him or, or whoever. Whatever mm-hmm. private lab uh
4: We got back around to Westworld again, guys.
2: (laughs) I'm so behind on this season. Don't, don't even get into it. Um, All right. So uh, rise and fall of the white Raven. Uh, Moose, what, what kind of relevant
1: tidbits do we have here uh, for, for Boja? Most of the stuff was um, everything that Darnus was tied up in before he came to the Western front. So 10 years before the story, um, mostly if not entirely separate from Gaius's whole invasion of Mordona stuff. Um, they set up a kind of experimental lab at Boja Citadel to resurrect this whole Alagon relic called the Lunar Transmitter, which they realized like it had some kind of interaction with the lesser moon Dalamid. They weren't entirely sure what it was. But they thought that since their whole gig is like, taking modern technology and using it to recreate ancient sorcery, that they could bring back the idea of meteor, that ancient spell. And that by using the lunar transmitter and its ability to communicate with the lesser moon, maybe they could just like colony drop it right onto the continent and they're done with everything they want to accomplish right there. So they take the lunar transmitter, they bring it to Boja, They have their, uh, their head, guy working on it Midas non garland and all of a sudden it's vaporized off the face of the planet in 1562 and that's pretty much all we were told back then we were left to speculate about whether Midas might have been tempered whether the uh wiping of the citadel off the face of the planet was because he like triggered terra Flare, whether terra Flare was on purpose or accident whether um the crystal tower was supposed to be there to accept that energy was something we talked about after ARR came out, but it was mostly just this, this idea of where Darnus came from and how his family was connected to Alag.
2: I think, you know, maybe, I mean, you know, Bahamut had been up there for a while. Maybe he just wasn't ready to wake up from his nap and he was just, mm-hmm. you know what? That was how <laughs> he hit, one. like hit the snooze button. He just Too destroyed the I entire Citadel
4: at <laughs> <Yeah>, For sure.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, and that was I mean that was kind of one of the things, right? It's it's that idea of and especially once you get to the end of ARR, you're like, "Oh, N- Nail who actually isn't Nail, but Nail is tempered." Like, "Oh, okay, like this is weird." Um and so um you know, we get into uh this this solo instance and one of the it was it was weird, right? Because this has been kind of an event right in lore that we've been really interested in for a while and then they come in and you're like all right like let's see what's like what actually happened and they're like oh like virus is there that's weird oh just kidding it was sid's dad and sid's dad shot him but he was tempered and you're like well yeah <laughs> right like was it i don't think this surprised anybody right it surprised sid <laughs> yeah well
4: <laughs> oh, Yeah, which, which no. i
2: thought it was terrible. pretty wild that's you know.
4: <laughs> Two times over when he got shot and when he remembered.
2: Mm. <laughs> wow.
3: That's I guess it's the
2: only time you can get surprised more than once. That is wow. terrible. Yeah.
3: I mean this really. album seemed it seemed to serve more as like a way for I think a lot of players or people who might not really know just about anything sure. about any mm. of this to kind of see it play out, right? Because if you haven't done um, binding coils, or even then, if you haven't really gathered the information coming off of 1.0 or the context, I mean, people still run that and they're like, who, is, who even is Niall? Why is this angry dragon woman summoning meteors on my head? <laughs> like they just, the context of all of that is very complex um, in a way that we haven't really seen explored in the game. So even though it's not like a huge revelation, I do still think that it's pretty important for players to see that like pan out and have an idea of what happened leading to this to have like their own grounding with the story.
2: And it's yeah, it's I, really I... interesting too how, I mean, trying to think story-wise, like we had a little bit of, of temperament or, or people being tempered in like Stormblood with like Lakshmi, but it's 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 another one of those kind of beats, right? For this expansion, it's like, we need to remind people of primals and what primals can do. <laughs> so here's, mm-hmm. you know, more people getting tempered. Yeah, yeah I am. Um... I found it like less kind
0: of surprising and more comforting when we saw that Minus was tempered mm-hmm. because it's a- another one of these moments that we've had in Shadowbringers where it's like, all right, we can like put that to bed, you know? Like yeah. we've had our suspicions, we've had our theories. We knew that he was probably tempered, but now, like it's there. We've seen it. It's done. We
2: can yeah. we can move on. That's another kind of like loose end tied up. This is this is the expansion that is
1: answering our questions, and there there's mm-hmm. another one yeah. we can we can check off for sure. I think yeah. uh, I think I'm <laughs> of the same uh, of opinion confirmation wise because I think like the speculation kind of hit a peak during um, Praetorium where Gaius was trying to explain to Sid that like yo your dad was a man possessed back then and, and I think like right when that happened that's when the discussion about whether Midas was tempered peaked and then it mm-hmm. kind of fell mm-hmm. off again until they made us like watch the cutscene every time we went in again <laughs> <laughs> and then I started yep. hearing more about it well, funny, it's funny enough it I guys. actually
2: ran that yesterday <laughs> I was like hey it's
0: um, it's hard to tell with Gaius like whether or not he's speaking literally. That's the yeah. thing.
2: Yeah. Mm. It's
0: like so, so right. much of those threads are based on stuff like, uh, well, like with Bozja, for instance, like what actually happened was based on like euphemism and innuendo, um based on like interpretations of what Gaius was telling us in one point whether or not that was literal, right? Because what mm. what did he say? He said that it it just vanished, right? Was, was it was something like words to, to that effect? Like it wasn't like it didn't blow up. It wasn't destroyed. It just like got. Deleted.
1: Everyone's had. Everyone's had kind of a different story of it over the mm-hmm. years, which is like it really threw me for a loop when we talked about it in Omega because it sounded like something completely different had happened. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if it was which which telling of the story. I, I think it was 1.0. I can check while we're talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one version of the story, they say that nothing was left. It, the whole city was gone. Like everything was vaporized in an instant. And he like refers to like, not not a single object, not a book, not a person.
2: But but maybe-
3: oh, sounds like That sounds like an explosion to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's also interesting because there's so much at play with like how the Garleans would process this and share it. In some ways, it's one of their yeah. greatest failings, but it also, I mean, brought about this devastation that's in many ways allowed them to really get a foothold in the lands that they would eventually like go on to truly invade because so many of the countries were like scrambling to rebuild and it's, it's very interesting when you think about it from the perspective of just how people relate to that event, were they somehow connected to it? Do they feel that loss like, um, you know, we know Sid does because obviously he has felt the burden of guilt over this for so long. Or is it something that they consider to have been, um, you know, something to sweep under the rug in the history of, you know, the Garlean, sort of, supremacy and glory? Do they consider it to be something that was a victory? Um, There's so many different ways, and just kind of like the Kokirn, history is not always 100% told in a way that is fact. So I think some of those discrepancies and those interpretations and the purpose of bringing up to talk about whatever that is can definitely be chalked up to each person's telling of it and what their sort of intentions are. Yeah, That's an interesting it. point.
0: Um, I think, first of all, like, now that we know what we know about Galamold and it being so deliberately kind of chaotic and messy, um, like, fear and, like... Um, uh, misinformation, you know, like various tellings of events and, you know, random like legends and stuff coming out of events seems to perhaps be like an important part of that, that process in, in sowing chaos. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but also like, as you touched on, um, Boja, and the reason we're talking about it today, I think, um, even though for the majority of the player base, it's like a pretty peripheral, uh, topic, um has been such an important catalyst for like so much of the the action of the game's background. I mean it, it was what like uh, basically was the final straw for Sid and um mm-hmm. caused his uh his defection, mm-hmm. right? Like that was yeah. that was it. Uh, immediately after Balja he got um on an airship and, and flew to was
4: Really sorry guys I'm gonna teach you how to do uh mechanical stuff now.
2: My, my daddy <laughs> shot me I'm gonna teach you how to make robots
4: Mm-hmm. i was always uh, not necessarily shocked but it didn't seem to add up uh how sid could feel one way and his father could feel another way and i know a, a father and a son aren't exactly the same person but you're gonna have shared um uh, morals somewhere in there usually right so it just struck me as very strange that sid could feel so strongly one way and then his father was basically the guy in charge of screwing all that up so to, yeah. to have the tempered thing uh, confirmed when oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It, it makes you think that he was, you know, like a benevolent scientist at some point, you know. Uh.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is not true, uh. but.
3: Well, or at the very least, it makes it believable that Sid would not have defected sooner to some right. degree, exactly. you know what I mean? Because I think that's the big discrepancy for me. Like, why would Sid, who seems to have um, a fairly good heart, support somebody who would be doing such truly terrible things? And, like... Science! It kind well, of... I, it, yeah, you people... He was a kid! Heart, yeah. But he was a kid, yeah. and I mean, growing up, he idealized him, and there, mm-hmm. you know, the nation sort of... So I think it does help fill in some of the gaps there, as far as like that journey goes, and to have such a change of behavior father that really markedly separates him from the Garlean Empire and the actions that happen afterwards, I, it makes yeah. sense. I I, you know,
2: and it's it's interesting. I was saying I was running Praetorium yesterday, and there's this this moment when you run into Nero. And he he kind of lays out this this is his whole life story. Oh, I always was like second to you and all this stuff. And Sid acts like he had no idea. So Sid isn't always necessarily very right. aware of the other That's things right. going on around him, right? He's got a pretty shit memory. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. to say the least. I think least. Bolster's our last excuse pretty well though, because like what we knew about him before was that everything was in his mind and theoretical. And then he saw the real world consequences, like what the stuff he invented was being used for. Like there's a difference between inventing a really efficient, really powerful magitech and then watching it roast innocent people. Like there's just so I think knowing that he also went through this incident with his dad really helps kind of like bolster that idea of like, no, this is hopeless. This is bad. I'm out of here.
4: It yeah, probably also didn't help that uh, he brought all that information forward, like, hey, hey, dad, guy I probably trust mm-hmm. the most in the world, check out what's going to happen. And his sounds right. like, screw off, you're dumb.
2: He's, he's like, hey, so uh, I ran the numbers, which is something I would assume you would have done. Um, <laughs> this isn't good. We should not do this. Nah, we're fine. I'll just shoot you. I'll have glowing eyes and then you can defect. It'll be great. Everything will be fine. To answer
1: uh, Ethis's question real quick, I translated the 1.0 line. Uh, Japanese mm-hmm. says "vanished," German says "destroyed," English and French say "an entire city gone in the blink of an eye." Mm.
2: Ooh. Okay. So there you go. Hmm.
1: And it, you know, it's it's
2: interesting too, right? So it's again, I think one of the one of the really big themes that we're seeing with with Shadowbringers is the idea of the different types of ethereal energies. Um, and now with this latest patch, there's a lot of stuff about memory, um, which means I, I think they're just using this as as a, a, a device to both um, potentially retcon some older stuff, right, to help explain it and give us these you know these these answers to some questions, but potentially, right? But then also to. Um, do weird, crazy things that don't make sense, like having the fight against Varus, right? Like, we need to have a fight against him. Uh, Sid misremembered him as his dad, and now we have content.
3: Look, I still stand by what I said when we first were talking about this, in that Varus one I think yes they did they did realize they had missed the chance to let you fight him so they were like let's make a fight around this right I -hmm. totally acknowledge that but I do think that too there's something more metaphorical to it or or symbolic to it the idea that like the face of the empire has always been its leader in a lot of ways and that there's this like Blind loyalty and faith to the nation, and it's, you know, motto even, and everything that sort of revolves around it, it it features around this figurehead, so like, for Cid, in his memory, he has struggled against what that empire stood for, and also coming out of the fact that he did have genuine memory loss early on in the game, like... Um, Mm. I think that some of those things that he maybe has buried in his mind, he has Mm -hmm. contributed to the ideal of the Empire, as opposed to, like, his own personal struggle. So having Varys stand in as a face for, like, all that is evil with what happened at Boja, but then realizing that it was actually not just the Empire, Mm -hmm. it was his father, like, that's something that I think can be a poetic turn if you choose to see it that way, you know what I mean?
2: It's kind of like... You know, he willing, at some point, willingly swapped it in his mind to to kind of keep that hurt away. Is that what you're saying, or or to mask it, or to say that it was just the empire? Yeah,
3: well, to so like, like push the thing. Yeah, that's
4: mm-hmm. what you're saying, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's the fatherland. It's the father. There, he's important things in his life. Important like authority figures.
3: That's um,
1: not forget he Saw soulless at first too. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, it's kind of like the legacy of Garlemald and like his own connection to it that he feels betray- like was a betrayal or that mm-hmm. he himself has fought against, you know? It's easy to say like this figurehead is the source of all problems. It's harder to admit that somebody close in your life that you have connections to that might put like moral implications on yourself and like your history. It, it's harder to acknowledge that than it is to blame this abstract ideal Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. I like with all the different, you know, faces going through there. Like, the face of mm-hmm. evil is the face of the emperor is the face of the empire. Um, but then realizing that it was actually his own father, but then figuring out what really, really Why? was behind it.
2: Garlem yeah, is think just that's... the empire of daddy issues. I mean, when you get down. <laughs> <laughs> Assians, you, you know, all the Assians. Yeah, oh, our, my grandfather was an Assian. Oh, Sid's dad
1: shot him. But I mean, just <laughs> mm. um, what happens when you have a game where no one has a mom? <laughs> that's true.
2: true, that's really true.
0: Well, I mean, we've got Mother Me, unless everyone's mom. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I, I think you make a, a really interesting point with this idea of like representing a Gollum uh, like. as as a concept Um, and the fact that that's what Sid was sort of like revolting against. And that kind of reflects like the journey of the warrior light as well. And like the Eorzean Alliance and, you know, all of the, the um, protagonistic forces in the game is that we've gone from this, we've gone through this journey of like Gala being this faceless evil empire. That's just like all bad. And it's like very, very black and white. To the point now where um, we've got you know like Maxima and Gaius, we've got these different factions in Galamold, and it's less about like Galamold bad, and more about no, there are specific people that have kind of like puppeteered historical events in such a way that like we've ended up at this place, and and those are you know the evil ones, those are the enemies, and not the you know the people of of Gala Mold categorically. Um, So I think that's a really interesting point. Um, We kind of like skip straight past it, but Fusion, you used the the dirty, dirty retcon words. (laughs) 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 The dirtiest word um, in reference to memory and the way like memory is being explored as like a numinal construct in uh, in the game now and like we'll come back to memory later on but um were you suggesting perhaps that this uh, so so we've established now that there's a a particular kind of echo user that can manipulate people's memories right um are you implying that that's going to be like a narrative vehicle for retcon
2: so i so i (laughs) i wasn't implying anything specifically i'm really worried about this yeah no i i mean i am too and it's you know i don't have anything in mind you know specifically right but i think it's one of those things where um, you know, if there's any weird 1.0 questions that they plan on answering, but maybe mm-hmm. things have changed since then, right? With ARR and, and everything, maybe they have to, you know, change up a little bit of, of something to to help explain things. I don't know. I, you know, I. But I, I think See your
4: face. That's how I feel. What I'm, what
2: really I'm saying though, what I'm saying though, is they have a narrative vehicle the to cover, be able yeah. to do that. If they have to, or if they want to, that's all so I'm saying. I'm not saying anything. Let's talk
0: like, just, just real quick. Cause I don't want to get stuck on this. Let's talk real quick about <laughs> what that would look like. Um, we, okay. So Sid tells us something about the way something works in Ilzabad. And we say to him, that's not what you said in 1.0. And he says, Oh no, I had like this seer come to me and like changed my memories. <laughs> don't worry about it. Ah, uh, Like, okay, so we've, we've known all along that, like, lore in 14 always comes from diegetic sources. Um, like the encyclopedia is like everything we're told in game. Like, it's always really, really clear that this is just like, you know, one person or one group's interpretation of events. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily set in stone. And that if we are given like a different idea of how things happen, it's not because it's been retconned. It's just because like they were wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, that's fine, but...
3: And I'm that's what I hope
2: so, they continue so, to do, right? I just, you know. Yeah, I'm so worried.
3: <laughs> I'm so worried. I'm
1: going to throw out there that in 1.0, the Echo were different. Like, mm. instead of seeing memories, you mm. would go into the memories. And once mm. you were in the memory, once the Echo recreated that moment, you would interact with it in a way that didn't happen back then and it would start going kind of askew so in 1.0 you never really saw an accurate echo memory anyway Mm -hmm. so like I'm excited to see the idea of going back into an echo memory but I think it should stick with the idea that like you're seeing a messed up version of it rather than you're seeing the truth and they always thought it was a messed up version of it that's like a really weird inversion for me Hmm.
4: it certainly makes it less painful to think about uh, sometimes the memory stuff just makes me barfy. Like,
1: <laughs>
4: I don't. I don't, don't
3: I
1: don't. I don't. Yeah.
3: I mean, the memory thing has been interesting to me, and I don't know if they're actually going to do. I, I mean, we don't know exactly what the full extent is here, but the possible ties between the Echo and what we now know of the history of the world and everybody's souls being fragmented and. Is an Echo possessor somebody with a more complete soul who might remember things across the network of souls in the universe? I have no idea, right? Like there's so many ways that people are still theorizing about it. So I kind of saw some of the exploration here of the, the Echo as being something to build a foundation for more revelations of that. But Moose, I honestly didn't know cause I didn't play 1.0. So I didn't know that the way that the Echo operated back then was like this. So now I'm wondering if maybe this is actually a way for them to bridge the gap between the Echo's interpretations almost between the two, sort of bringing back a sense of what the Echo was and saying like, hey, there is a variation of it that's like this with like the memory alterers. I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, and, and I think it's important too, and and this this kind of skips out just a, a little bit, but um, there is uh, a line with uh, Makoto um and they do say that you know the echo works differently for some people right so maybe something changed and what we experience now is the echo uh, you know like we got stuck in an, in an ethereal rift for five years maybe something happened to our echo i don't know you know who, is that it, even it, us now? It, there you go yeah maybe
4: <laughs> too far off track let's come back yeah
2: let's get back um <laughs> So uh, we go through all this stuff. Boja gets destroyed. Um, and now uh, we see Noah von Gebranth um, hanging out in Valnane, um, which is, um, we've seen, the, I forget where we saw the map originally, but there was a map. It was basically that southern half of the the eastern map um, that yeah. shows uh, you have Dalmasca, and then you have Nangsha, and then you have uh, like this port city of, of Valnane kind of down there. Um, and he's talking to... Um, the uh, his kind of second in command, um, which, uh, where was it? It was Rem, uh, Menius Rem Lenatus, um, who's chilling in his lost Alligan gear. He saved up some tomes last expansion, Mm -hmm. um, and he says, you know, about the the, the Blades of Gunhilder, who has need of such trinkets when the Lady of Blades will soon be in play. Uh, the Empire is fated to fall, but in its place a new nation shall rise, grander and mightier than anything the Garleans could ever have dreamed, and it shall be made possible by the very power they abhor. Um, and then we get this shot of this kind of ancient-looking deity with a bunch of arms. Um, so it's... Implying, I think that there's going to be some kind of primal, and we knew, we know um, from this other dialogue that we'll we'll get into it in a little while, that the the fourth legion um, has experimented in summoning magics, um, so that's interesting, um, and we'll we'll get into to what this could be and what this might. Uh, lead into. We're going we're gonna to have a, a little section towards the end just for speculation so we can try and separate the facts from the, the tin hat <laughs> theories just a little bit. Little bit. Um, so what we, we do know from this uh, we know that uh, Linatus has spies in gongos which is where um, the resistance is hanging out. Um, so they have kind of an idea of what is going on with our characters and the resistance and the blades and what we're doing. So uh there probably won't be very many surprises on the Garland side of things. Um Let's see here. Uh so let's let's go in uh, a little bit and talk about um, what we know about uh, our new kind of villains for this this side story, right? We have Noah von Gabranth. Um if you aren't familiar with Judge Gabranth, he was a pretty big character in uh Final Fantasy 12 um he was he had a twin brother named Bo, uh in bosch von ronsenberg um so they've twisted that a little bit for 14. bosch is actually the name of noah's father um and he was a knight of the republic of landis uh which is a province in ilsebard which fell to the empire about 50 years ago um and as soon as that was taken over he bent the knee and became a legatus uh, or legatus sorry um Similarly, again, because they like to pull things, right, from all the other games, uh, the Republic of Landis did exist in Final Fantasy XII, um, and it was the home of Bosh and uh, Noah. Um, Landis was occupied, and then Noah became uh, an Arcadian judge and took the name Gabronth. So it's very similar, uh, they just, you know, they tweak it a little bit to kind of fit mm-hmm. into the lore and the narrative of, uh, of fourteen. Um, after uh, the invasion of Boja, which was uh, about 50 years ago again... Um, 30 years ago during the invasion of Dalmasca, uh, Bosch's health took a dive, uh, and then at the age of 20, Noah took over the 4th Imperial Legion, proceeded to conquer Rabban Aster. Bosch died two years later, and then Noah was named the Legatus of the 4th Imperial Legion. Um, some people are speculating that it was the Dalmasca Conquest that earned him the position, but some say that uh, he was appointed at the recommendation of the Emperor. Um, mm. Which is interesting, mm. um, because... Um he's not a Garlean. Yeah. Um the the entire 4th Legion is actually made up of of foreigners um which is weird. That's not quite how how we know things to to work in Garland. I mean any guess as to why you know the the emperor would say, "Hey, person that's not a, a Garlean. Why would you?" Well, yeah. You want to lead a emperor. whole the, the emperor
0: fans. solace aka emmet mm-hmm. selk i mean you've got to imagine he like knew something of noah's ambitions and was like hell yeah i'm gonna give him a platform for that chaos <laughs> chaos <laughs> yeah. ahoy tear the empire
2: apart baby
4: not to mention pissing off a bunch of pure blood garley oh yeah
2: God. you did right. what and and yeah, I think i'm kind, kind of in the same boat you mm-hmm. have to wonder too i mean earlier on right in arr um again it's like things i'm like reminded of going through praetorium yesterday um there was that initial idea that oh the the Asians just want primals to be summoned to upset a balance right that was kind of like the big narrative steer um mm-hmm. well, what do we know about the fourth we know that they're not native guardians, so they can use mm-hmm. magic and we know that they have partake you know practiced summoning magic so you know you look at solace who's like you know in retrospect, I probably should have found more people that could summon primals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so we'll have this legion over here that has non-Garleans and they can use mm. magic.
1: Mm. Well, I'm I'm looking at it.
2: Sorry, go on, miss.
1: I'm looking at, at it from kind of like the writer's point of view. Like we were told years ago that sauce was the highest you could expect to go if you were a non garlian So there has to be a reason that they're breaking that rule now, right? And then they add that like kind of throwaway line throwaway hint that it might have been the recommendation of the emperor that got this non garlian the job that he had and i think the fact that we are seeing so clearly so obviously so clumsily the very thing that would happen if you put a bunch of non garlians in this level of power with no real oversight that's mm-hmm. like a very emmet selk thing to do
4: mm-hmm. all heads nod
1: yep
0: exactly. <laughs> honestly that that revelation at the end of um stormblood about you know the nature of the Gallian empire and you know the nature of solace just like uh, it 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 helped so much because all the way through the history of this game everything that the empire has ever done we've looked at it and been like that's gonna blow up in their face that is gonna make such a mess why are they doing things like that like how are they so bad at keeping control over any of these provinces? <laughs> Why would Solace make this big declaration about, oh, no one summon primals? Don't do that, you guys. That's the one thing that can fuck us up. Like, please never summon any primals. It's, it's All the right? equivalent of Everyone? like having
2: the, the big red yeah. button and saying, don't push yeah. it. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. that is. And, and like, none of it made any sense um
0: until uh <laughs> until that revelation and now like we can sort of work backwards and put everything within that frame and it's just it's just it's just so obvious
1: right i just want to mm-hmm. do a throwback to Anakal high up in the warring triad arc where he's like yelling at regular like how do you not see that you're inspiring the very problem you're claiming you want to solve which is mm-hmm. like not only a, a nice indication of how obvious it was to everyone, even in world, mm. but like I like the little kind of cherry on the Sunday that it reveals how little Alitabus ever told that kid, like right Anakalhai mm. had no idea that the Empire was or like was being led by like his mm. dude, like that he like, he, he mm. was taking orders from Alitabus. Both of them were. But it's yeah, it's, that manipulation. It's...
2: Yep. <laughs> Um
0: God, so juicy.
2: Yeah. So so going back, um, so in, in addition to uh, arcane magics and techniques akin to summoning, um, the fourth also uses feral beasts. Um, and so uh, they talk about uh, this uh, character that's leading the battalions that are currently going to Bogia, um led by Lion Sauce Helsos. Um, they say he is a strategist who is a tamer of beasts and rumored to be worth more than a thousand rank and file troops. Um, who has some kind of history with the Resistance. Um, boy, I, I can't help but think that this is really leading into uh, Beast Tamer as a, a limited I mean, job.
3: <laughs> well, be. Yeah, I mean, Beast Tamer does seem... I mean, they've said, at least in interviews and things, that it could be a limited job, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how they would necessarily implement it on its full scale as a regular job, but, I mean, they probably could, Uh it's it's interesting could. to see yeah. it like put into a story in this way, especially if it was just going to be a limited job. I don't know.
2: I'll be I'll be really curious. I I think at at this point, right, we we know that we're going to be going to uh this this castrum, right? So um previously known as Almet Fortress, um, Boja Citadel, that whole area, that's Castrum uh Latore. La latore Um and so that's like the next kind of step in this resistance plot right we know we're going to get this new kind of eureka point 2.0 area um which is probably going to be this um, well this, this this can't be the next step we, we don't think we so? know that the next step is the Bojan southern front
0: and um that's right the castrum is like is north the
2: to the north so that'll so probably be the gonna last end up, up like then. having to circle around yeah, yeah probably be the last so just change um, everything i just said in reverse <laughs> small,
4: my bad small aside question um because hmm. i didn't remember anything about this lion guy did they specifically say he yeah
2: yes okay yes we're just wondering so, if it could
4: have been a girl throwback to 11.
2: i you know oh, when yeah. i read the the thing i was going through so a lot of this dialogue um after you go through and you complete the the, the quest for this. Um, A lot of the NPCs in Gongos have that that wonderful lore bit of of dialogue options where you just go and it's like, Would you like to ask me any questions? And it's like, Yes. (laughs) And then just go through everything. And there's a lot of stuff buried. So this is where we're getting a lot of this information. Um, And so, yeah, as I was reading through, I was like, Lion, that could be a nod to. No, it's a guy. Okay. (laughs) Like, I I (laughs) double checked that too. I was like, Man, that could. No, never mind.
3: I I figured Um, you had to. So. so what's the, for those of us who didn't dive super deep into Eleven, what's the reference back to Eleven? Uh,
2: Lion was a character in Eleven. She was the daughter of Gilgamesh, uh, and she was just a very, very important character in the, the overall
4: narrative. So, oh,
3: interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's
4: kind of like your Yeshdola. She shows up all the time and helps you stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's not really a mage, though, I believe.
2: <laughs> yeah she's she's a trust npc basically mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that's not saying much nowadays everybody's a trust npc <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. The, the receptionist at, at at heaven's tower in winders is a trust npc that doesn't <laughs> she's actually a really wow. good white mage trust anyway <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah so we have uh the, the, the Castro, uh it is in the north of bosha um um, it, we know that it has natural defenses There's steve clips on all sides um, this almost made me think of early concept art we had for two point There was this kind of like Helm's Deep looking concept art with this big tower and it was kind of surrounded. Uh I wonder if this was is early for the Sage. What'd you say? Was
4: that
0: was the that? um was that the uh the concept art for the sages?
2: maybe
4: that's what I was thinking when you described it
2: yeah but I mean that's not to say that whatever they end up coming up with isn't similar yeah yeah right? this is it hang on I'll I'll
0: link the uh the image in chat that oh my god that's this is an image made for ants <laughs> <laughs> Um all right i'll I'll link it in chat so this is what I think we are referring oh, to and this was a... this was concept art for uh for front lines. yeah
3: oh
2: yeah I remember I that one. for a bit yeah <laughs> yeah how did that go by the way <laughs> there mm. you go. let's try that again <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Now> <laughs> I mean they could have easily reached back into some of that stuff to. To build off of this I mean there's a lot of discussion about exactly what we're going to see with this new Eureka spin I mean if they wanted to follow something similar to what they did previously we could maybe see the fortress as something akin to the um, you know similar on par with you know what I'm trying to say then do you know what I'm trying to say
4: Oh, I was getting the image
3: oh I'm sorry um <laughs> the the final the final open-world Dungeony um, oh Baldessian Baldessian, Baldessian, thank you. Side, yes. So oh, like okay. we could see the fortress yeah. being similar. My mind right. totally blank for a yeah. second. We could see it Absolutely. similar to something like quite, Baldessian, but
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. <laughs> Where were, so um in our outline, I know Ethis. I'm curious mm-hmm. about this here, the the real Alamut, right? So oh, oh, Castram, I was so happy right, you put that in. Previously Alamut Fortress. What what is this? What do we what can oh. we pull from here maybe? So
0: okay, um, how can I? What's what's the most efficient way to put this? Okay, so the word the word assassin in English um, comes from the Arabic word Hashishin, which was a derogatory term um, for this uh, this Islamic sect um, that had their base in Alamut Fortress, which is in modern uh, northern Iran. Um, and basically, they were established in the 11th century, and they were like a, a murder cult. Basically, they um, uh, basically manipulated uh, political change all through the you know Arabic world um, through the time of the Crusades and all of that by going out and you know assassinating like key political figures and, and stuff like that, and kind of like you know working from the shadows. Um, and a lot of legends came out. About them, um, most notably from, from Marco Polo, um, who basically spread these legends about them, basically being drugged up on uh, on hashish oil. They would like kidnap children and they would like drug them up and indoctrinate them into this cult, like by convincing them that they were like gods or prophets or whatever while they were doped up. And they would just have like these these fanatical professional killers that would go out and again like like instigate political change. Um, by murdering key figures, Um, and they were eventually destroyed in the mid-13th century when they were stupid enough to assassinate the son of Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the Mongols swooped down on them and absolutely obliterated them. Um, But uh, the descriptions that we've got for this castrum in Bosnia is so, so similar to what element fortress is in real life the idea of having this like uh this mountainous sort of plateau fortress with this tiny like narrow road going up it so there was like perfectly defensible um the the idea of noah van gabranth having this like fanatical following in this like fringe kind of movement within the Gallian empire the fact that that like He's, he's a ninja, like he fights with daggers mm-hmm. and like that typical kind of Persian assassin style. Like there's just so much that is kind of like loaded into picking up Alamut Fortress and basically placing it wholesale in Northern Borgia, which I'm really, really <laughs> excited
2: for. Right. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm yeah, really I getting didn't... like a, an itch to play Assassin's Creed now.
0: It's the inspiration for, yeah. for Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, like, every, I guess, like, popular culture depiction yeah. of assassins and, you know, the root of the English word comes from this this insult that, like, other, uh, like, Islamic sects would hurl against um, these people, um, referring to them as hashishins, basically, like, h- hush users, like, oh, you guys yeah. are a bunch of, like, drugged up thugs. Um, That's but, so
3: cool. I didn't know uh, any of that. That's really interesting. Yeah. And, and, uh, and It makes me wonder then if we know that they are plotting to summon something and that something appears to be this figure, could we possibly see if they are this radical group, um, this idea of them sort of being obsessed with this deity or this primal or this, you know, that playing some kind of larger role with their um, sort of sect versus just being something that's like, oh, we'll just do this to, I don't know, kill a whole bunch of people and get mm-hmm. our way like it could be something maybe further with their sort of creed or doctrine if maybe they've found something there or they themselves since we know they're not Garlians, right there may be a legend or lore or something around that that they're sort of basing a lot of their um decisions off of maybe there's you know, mm-hmm. are
0: Maybe i mean jeez, uh, man i mean, I mean <laughs> yeah jeez mate they high yeah. off of
3: primal juice like <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: we we know that a lot of the fourth imperial legion is made up of Bojans. we know mm-hmm. that um bashalshan the um acting leader of the Bojan resistance was himself <laughs> part of the fourth imperial legion um and he defected so yeah it's, it's quite possible that within the fourth imperial legion you have um soldiers that are both fanatically loyal to noah and fanatically loyal to gunhilda
2: yeah, the um, and
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And the fact will, that those two could like converge somewhere, yeah. Um, and we'll we have a little up. bit
2: about that about that later for the the, the, yeah. tin, oil, the tin, oil, tin foil the tin foil tin foil section. All right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so we will definitely uh, speculate, speculate, speculate when we get there. Um, so uh, right now we know that the Castrum uh, is currently being held by Noah's second in command, uh, Men Meninius <laughs> uh rem <laughs> yeah. that's a weird name uh, this is interesting rem so mm-hmm. uh rem means he's a tribune of pilus um, mm-hmm. but a toll would be a leader of tribunes traditionally yeah. so that's so, interesting so for was a rem right like like
0: rems are like middling officers they don't hold um like they they don't like hold a castrum traditionally right Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, again, the idea of like within a legion, the second in command, their title is Toll, like Nero, Nero Toll up, Yeah. So
2: it, it's it's really weird how it feels like we're missing somebody,
4: yeah. right? Yeah. or it's like a yeah. I know, I made this
3: Nod in a leader. His second in command will just be way down. I, was, I mean, or I they've done away with the real second in command, and they have started their own hierarchy like with right. notes
0: yeah i mean when 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 i first saw this i thought it was a typo um but then the whole bit about noah himself and not being Galian and like by Galian law he should not mm-hmm. be able to hold that position um i guess it's like i don't know they're just doing their own damn thing and like <laughs> the titles just don't really mean anything to noah i don't know like
1: did you have a take on this miss I am currently double checking one thing because I think I do but I'm going to make sure that I know what I'm talking about before I Mm say because I have a a vague memory of going through some of this when we were talking about figuring out and proving Fordola's exact rank because people had Mm -hmm. questions about that it's actually,
2: yeah, I think I might be able to connect this to some some crafting later on, too, potentially. So, okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah, something's definitely wonky. It's just mm. that there's there's something we don't know. Uh, I mean, especially in the difference between Tribunus Militum, Primus Pilus, and Pilus Prime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let me double-check one thing. Maybe maybe Bosch is still alive and Bosch is tall.
4: That was <laughs> I actually even... thought earlier. Like just because the dad's name Bosch doesn't mean the son's not named Bosch. That happens all the time. There could be two sons still. Uh,
2: <laughs> there's a. I I didn't think about this as looking through there, but there there is a Shakespearean character Minos. I wonder if that's based on someone. And there's something because he's mm. it's in a smaller. I can't remember which one. I used to be really into this, but I remember Minos. Linatus i think really I, th- yes. I think i would have to look that yeah. up
3: is it from one of the historical plays or
2: yes it's corio how do you pronounce that one?
3: Oh, coriolanus
2: yes that one mm-hmm.
3: that's yeah. really that is an obscure one a lot of people don't know that one
2: i i like all the the roman ones so. i was gonna say yeah. i had not heard of that <laughs> one so yeah <laughs> okay you, <you're> correct. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, agrippa menenius lannatus i don't know why that would i don't i don't remember the case. i just remember the name because i remember Similarly being like, how do you say that? That
0: was a really, really good catch. Well I done.
2: there's only so, you there's know when you, enough room in my you brain just for something. talk about it out loud. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, wait, I remember not being able to pronounce that name. I don't know I, what I, it would mean. Yeah. So what is this
4: character in, in the Shakespearean?
2: He was just so...
0: Yeah, it know. isn't Coriolanus. You're correct about that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he was, like, a, a major character. In in print,
2: he was just called Agrippa Menanias. It's Agrippa. That's why I, I always remember that when it comes to, mm-hmm. like, tactics. Like, that just, that makes my brain, it flips a switch in my brain. But I don't know what it does. My brain's not that good. <laughs> I'm not a <laughs> lore person.
3: Interestingly I enough, I do see a line here. Um, uh-huh. Of course, this is us just quickly on the fly looking stuff up oh, here. yeah,
2: I don't know if I... <laughs>
3: But I do see a line that says um, worthy Meninius Agrippa, one that has always loved the people being mm. his like introduction within the mm. script. Right, yeah. Which is interesting. Mm. I mean, yeah, that seems too that seems too on point to not have gone to this play and done this unless there is, I mean, it could be this is a figure that we see reaching back into other Roman, you know, histories or, right. or things like that or mythology. But that's definitely something to look at. And it does kind of I don't know. It's maybe maybe solidify a bit of this idea that this legion might have its own sort of um, allegiances, and obviously sure. they're trying to sort of come up with their own rule in in some kind of way. Yeah,
2: um, that actually uh, takes us back in, into the the what we laid out here for the outline. Um, so we know that right now, um, this Noah's second in command is uh, Um So uh, Lenatus, the the it's a well known family, right? Uh, within the empire however uh, they did something to piss off the emperor so their name got tarnished um, and robbed of their position in society um but then Bosch gabranth uh noah's father uh chose members of their family to serve under him um we don't know exactly why maybe so they could redeem their honor maybe they were bffs we, we really don't know what was going on there and i feel like um this is something that we might get a little bit more of as we go through this this questline. Um two generations of Lanatus have served under the Gabrons. Um, so we know that there's some kind of relationship there. Um, we don't know exactly what that is, but um, the fact that <laughs> he's, known yeah, as,
0: he's known as Alfred.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the fact that like you look <laughs> at the fourth, right, and immediately it's like, oh, it's a it's a legion led by somebody that's not garlean that's unusual well then you have the second in command that's rem that's also unusual and so maybe there's just that weird idea of them not um conforming right to what would be a traditional Garlean unit but i think it's more of um we're just gonna get a big surprise later on for for whoever is you know the the toll character right i think they're just gonna come out and be like hey surprise like
4: Little extra tidbit, uh the historically real person uh was chosen by the patricians. Uh he was plebeian. He chose him and uh gave him rank. Ah. Uh so it's very similar to mm-hmm. the Garleans picking the non triple yeah.
2: I just remember so it him. It could
3: just be a call to that too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just remember him being like the politician that people liked in the play. Yes. <laughs> like, and there the is one. In-
3: there's interestingly a Actually, a really—I'm uh, not sure if it's a soliloquy or a mon- i think it's a monologue he delivers that I was just reading over now. Hmm. That is about the idea of the Politics. body of society. Yeah, he's a politician, and he's supposedly the advisor to Coriolanus, who kind of encourages him and is almost like a surrogate father figure. And in this speech that he gives, he talks about envisioning all of society as a body, and that. Um, like the senders of Rome are this good belly and you are the mutinous members and it's all this idea mm-hmm. about like the body revolting against itself um, And he goes on to talking about that how like the whole body should work together as one um, And that all profits and proceeds should benefit the entirety right. as a whole. It's I mean, that's kind of that's Yeah, that's really interesting. You I can mean the idea. Write That
2: and look at what Cabramp wants to do and mm-hmm. definitely that's a very platonic idea. He belongs to right. Amorat, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's been my favorite part of of uh, this expansion so far. Is you know you look at uh, at Amarat, you look at the you know Utopia and how they mm. you know connect things in there, and now with some, a little bit of Shakespeare and a little bit right. of the, the side stuff. Like it's always really interesting to see um, where ideas are drawn from. Um all right. So uh let's move away from them a little bit. Uh we'll get did, into uh,
4: Did Moose find his fact he was searching for?
1: I did. Oh. Cool. Kind of. I'm not <laughs> like I don't I'm not being the bearer of good news here, but I did look <laughs> up what I wanted to double check was in the um the lore book version of the Garlean titles list, it does list Rem as second in command to the second in command right so uh, it uses okay. the phrase twice on one page mm-hmm. um so it goes back to that whole thing of like is it a typo is it a lore error is it like uh that's right because you didn't work on a that shadow work. of something that's gonna yeah i didn't
2: <laughs> <laughs> if it was wrong you would have caught it it's so not what, your fault.
1: <laughs> what i wanted to check before i made an idiot of myself was the there's um Augusta clavis which is the second tribunus Mm -hmm. they're in command of a legion if the legion is split and they're a sauce um and so we just don't know what like the legion structure is right now because they are Mm -hmm. kind of all over the place they took a division of it to oh yeah because they've got it everywhere now, right? Because they're checking on Tartarus, they're checking on the Bojans. Well, so there might be some kind of readjustment, yeah. but it still, it doesn't strike me that this would be the adjustment if the Legion was split. So it's still kind of weird.
0: We we do we do know for a fact that when Varus took power, um, presumably also having an inkling of Noah's aspirations, they were relegated like way off in the provinces, mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, petty rebellions and like border disputes and stuff like that. Like they were taken as far away from, uh, from the centers of control as, as possible. Um, so it may just be that in that time, there's been, there's been like attrition. Maybe the toll yeah. is dead maybe the yeah. assassins are dead mm-hmm. and maybe you know like noah gives so little shits about the formal <laughs> yeah. gallium command structure yeah. that he's like yeah you like do you, I, i'm not going to give you like a gallium promotion because like we're not going to be gallians for much longer anyway but you're my second in command
1: well look hey, how long it took him, him to be... replace nail so <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure that would, and yeah. well you know and I, mean... I i i can't help but wonder too right it, you know you were saying the encyclopedia ha- has it as the, the second in command of the second in command um, and I, I wonder if that... Ha- if, if if that's not a typo, right? Um, mm-hmm. If that has anything to do with... Because we know that the, the Gabranths and the Lunatuses are somehow, like... T- they're, they're tight, right? With each other, right? Like, you know, they're always having Lenatus be their second in command or whatever. So I almost see that as, like, Gabranth... Uh, Noah potentially doesn't see himself as the leader of the Fourth Legion because his father held that post. So maybe he's, mm. he's himself... Even if Bosch is gone, or maybe he isn't, um, Noah's the second in command, and then Menenius is the second of the set. You know, maybe. Yeah, that's the the weird link or surprise maybe. that we're gonna get. I just, I just hope we find out. That's just we really will. what I want. we will. I think we will. <laughs> we will. we, we will. will. If they just don't address it, we'll be like, ah, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, six
3: Well, it's, especially during <laughs> six years. Yeah, especially during so like if we, the
1: Gaddafi of of Garlemald. <laughs> He's just not going to promote himself <laughs> yeah. higher than Colonel. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, um, it's especially interesting, too, if we do end up heading into Garlemald proper in the future, mm. the idea of these hierarchies will play so much of a role. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if the, if the country is freed or liberated or they realize the truth of what's been happening or whatever it is, right? Um, I think there are still going to be so many structures that we'll encounter that's starting to get familiar with them now and kind of... Mm. Theorizing about some of this, if you've never really delved into it, is actually pretty cool uh, because we—it's very likely we end up there at some point. You know, we—we've yeah. never really set foot properly yeah. there, so I think I there's a
2: really good chance that we would. I mean, because with we had like this idea of of families and houses with word and so after we kind of finished up 3.0, there was that bit of like, oh, like this is what things were really happening with with the church and on all this kind of stuff. But I think going in right now where the story is, if we do go into Garlemald, I think there's the the ch- the chance that we'll see something kind of like that, but like on steroids with all the houses fighting, you know, because now you have Gabronth and the fourth trying to get power. And I think there's an opportunity to just do some really absolutely crazy stuff with a bunch of different families. And, you know, I think that I mean, could be started
1: laying them out in that stinger where they were like having that civil war in the yeah. capital, mm-hmm. but, Like mm-hmm. y- Yoshida's already dropped before that he considers gaius to be the equivalent of of astinian this time around that he's gonna lead us into the empire so i think it is a very high chance we go there so this could all just be like set up for seeing that through Mm. that lens and what i took away from it primarily was this idea that the fourth legion is filled with people who are exceptions who are loyal because they've been made an exception of and that they have a lot to prove. And that like when you rely on those kind of people, there is a chance that it's all going to go sideways. And that's kind of what we're seeing here. Ulterior motives.
2: Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, let's take a turn. We'll go away from the Empire for a little bit um, and we'll get into uh, the resistance. Um, which currently has uh, one of their bases. They have a lot of little bases, you know, using their uh, their cloaking magics and stuff, right? Just kind of like what we had with, like, Ralker's Reach, where it's, they're just right there, but nobody knows. Um, Gongos is located uh, southeast of the remains of the Citadel. Um, it's surrounded in this kind of foggy wetland area. Um, so with the help of Hien, um, there's been different pockets of resistance around, right? After all the stuff in Stormblood happened, all of the, these Bojans are like, hey we could do that. We can rebel and, and do all this stuff. Um, and so ends kind of helped to have these different pockets of resistance come together um, and uh, Basaljan um, is the one that's kind of leading the, uh, the Bojan resistance. Um, their beliefs, so they're, they're kind of history. Um, third Astral Era, so this <laughs> is going back a little bit. Um, you had uh, Queen Gunhildr um, united uh, uh, fragmented tribes of Frothgar to drive off the Alligans uh before founding the nation of boja so this is you know we had boja versus Allegans. this was a thing that that had happened um gunhilder well, we is, know this
0: is crazy like this is this is such a big deal because we've been told like up until this point that like Alleg held dominion over the entire like known world everything that was they had conquered um and then we've got like right in the middle of the three great continents you know that elegant like center of power Like right at the height of Alec, like somewhere in the middle of the third astral era, after the first Zande has, um, you know, conquered the three great continents, some uh, a bunch of cat boys that are just like, nah, dude, and cat men, cat men, sorry,
3: (laughs) and women, they exist.
0: Well, yeah, at least one of them. Anyway, at least one woman in the
3: history (laughs) of
0: art. But what a woman, right? (laughs) um absolutely and um they form their own little like zapatista style state that is presumably like perpetually at war with alec for like the rest of alec's history just like right in the middle of the empire Mm. um so we got that and then we've also got the fact that like yeah it fell apart um at the end of uh the third astral era they they fell apart at the beginning of the fourth um you know when everything like the whole world fell apart but reformed like really soon afterwards and have been a consistent city state since the fourth uh astral era which makes them like the oldest standing city state in the world that we know of by like 4000 years or or you know 3 or 4000 years right is is that
1: yeah. is that about right yeah and it's i mean i I don't know what we're supposed to take away from it in terms of the fact that it like falls and rises multiple times are we supposed to like count that as a successor to one another should we see it more as like and beladia or but yeah Mm. i mean it's pretty much the oldest contiguous idea that we've run into
2: yeah and i hope you know there's um this will jump ahead, just just a quick second. There's an interesting um parallel that I'm I'm noticing now between uh the fourth Legion and uh the the resistance and, and the Bojans is that um mm-hmm. it's the fourth is made up of all, all foreigners, right? It's this idea that they're not uh, you know, all Guardleans. It's it's right. So you have this this group. But then you have um current Boja, or at least Boja after um you know after everything fell apart right with the mm. the calamity um and they say that um you know some of the early seers may have been elegant survivors so you have this idea of people of different backgrounds coming together right so that's it's interesting just mm. something i noticed um getting back to gunhilder um so this was a title um it was not a name um all the rulers of Boja we know could read the stars. Um, and while others had this ability, they say that uh, the rulers were said to be the greatest seers of their ages. So.
4: That's um, how you fend off the Allegans.
2: Mm.
4: <laughs> be a seer.
2: There you go. Um, they're said to be great warriors. Um, they were always found on the front lines with the fight against the elegans. Um And we know that the Gunnhilder, uh wielded a holy blade called Save the Queen. So there's a, a a series throwback for you.
4: Many, yeah. many, many times.
2: Yeah, and then we've got the um, the gun law sort
0: of inserted in there. That's mm-hmm. um, oh man, it's such a mess. This was this was such like a shoehorn. <laughs> so so in fourteen, gun blades were invented before guns, or or named before guns. Gun blades was an abbreviation of gunhilda's blades. Um, so it was the weapon that the queen's royal guard was using. And it just happened to look like a gun with a blade on the end of it. And they fought against the Allegans and they saw the Allegans had weapons that looked like a gun blade, but without the blades. So they were like, Oh, they're not gun blades. They're just guns. Um, and then (laughs) Gunhilda's blades started calling themselves gunbreakers because their job was to basically like rush forward and smash the like the the Algin riflemen before they could do any damage. So they became the breaker of the guns, the gunbreakers. But then we end up mm-hmm. in a situation where not all of Gunhilda's blades used gun blades. Um, so yeah, some, of gun blades... <laughs> <laughs> some of the gun blades some of the gun blades we're actually like <laughs> gun spears and gun axes and gun uh, tomes, I guess. Gun, yes. gun chat. was waiting weapons. for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like gun guns.
2: Ah, mm-hmm. um, uh, the gun you gun. Know. Yeah, yeah. For blade yeah, is also gun gun. a
4: generic term for weapons. Sure.
3: Yeah. Interestingly enough, so, because yeah. I didn't, I did not even realize this, nor mm-hmm. I, I have leveled gun gun breaker at this point, but I have not done all of the bonus stuff on it. Um, I guess apparently in real life, the English word "gun" is mm-hmm. is considered to, uh, as I browse Wikipedia here, so of course I'll always take it with a grain of salt, um, mm-hmm. have come from a historical weapon. Domina Gunilda was the name given to a remarkably large ballista, a mechanical mm-hmm. bolt throwing weapon of enormous size, um, mounted on a castle. So I guess although it seems very ridiculous, <laughs> the idea of like creating a similar. I don't know, history of etymology with this idea of a weapon that existed giving rise to the word gun, the name being drawn, isn't actually too far off of what actually happened in in our world, but it is kind of funny that it's almost as though, I don't know, elegant technology and everything else in the world was so far ahead because of the influence of magic that like a ballista wasn't what did it. It just Mm. already existed. These weapons that could do long-range attacks, and so... I mean, why not make Gunnhildr just as much of a source of that possibility as a weapon named Domina Gunhilda? I don't know. We,
1: well, we all we all know that if Koji Fox were here, he would just say that you clearly don't understand the nuances of the old High Bosian language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of, course. <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's so if he could just explain it to us in Bojan,
0: if we could yeah. understand it, it would be so simple <laughs> mm-hmm. and so clear. <laughs>
2: I, I want to real quick. I want to give a shout out in chat to uh, Cool Story Corey. Uh, as soon as we started talking about the different types of gun weapons, um, we got to gun gun. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I also just started thinking about Jar Jar for oh, for no, no reason no, whatsoever, no, and no, I can't no. get it out of my head. It's not.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, now we have to end the podcast. Yeah, was, <laughs> we yeah, <gotta laughs> cut it early. Sorry, Misa, Misa yeah. so sorry,
2: guys. It's like? Like Boss Nass's blades. Um... <laughs> Terrible! How oh, oh, dare goes you? goes back to that idea we were talking about last week. This is going to be great. Um, oh boy! Uh, All right. So great. Now um, I'm going to be referring
1: to these as like the big bomb bad weapons.
3: No! I hate everything.
2: Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. yes. But see, this is just whole... starting
4: us to get ready for the next podcast where these guys are going to join us in oh, fitting right. culture craft into fourteen.
2: And oh, all that talk has has said to me is that we are getting gun guns and gun tomes because we we clearly know now that this is why they did these names the way that they did. So we're just gonna get gun everything as the relic weapons. Yeah. Where's the where's the making of Shadowbringers uh, documentary bonus two video where we we learn about how they had to design a book that was also a gun? <laughs> 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 I just want twenty minutes just about that design. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Um,
4: roll it yeah. back, roll it back.
2: Yeah, all right. Back on topic. Uh, so you know, Boja fell with the fourth Arm of calamity So did everything mm-hmm. else. Um, some survived. They built the city-state of Boja, which is what we have today. Um, so yeah, they've been around for a while. Um, the Blades—it uh, was the name given to uh, the Queen's elite guard. Uh, who they were all masters of different magics and arms. Uh, you know, said to be the greatest warriors of their age. Um, if one of them died while in service, their weapon would then be passed on to a suitable successor. Um, the name ended up becoming synonymous with the Gunblade, which gained great renown during the Elegant War. We talked a little bit about that. Um, the Resistance Weapons. So they're not calling them the Blades of, of Gunnhilder. They're calling them Resistance Weapons because they don't want to give people the impression that the original weapons have been recovered. Which brings up an interesting question. Do you think we'll find the original weapons now? No,
0: I don't think we do, and I think that this is nonsense. The real reason they call them resistance weapons is because they're not all gunblades. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't call mm. them the gunblades when they're not gun blades and not have people pulling their hair out, it's as
2: simple. I mean, as that. you could just take a take a book, add a you know, cut out some of the pages, put a little pistol in there, and then just have the edges be really sharp. So you could use it to. Well, well, the point of it. the gun part of the gun blade is that you fire the trigger; it sets off an
0: explosion, which makes like your your hits have a lot yeah. more impact, right? It, like it it strikes a lot harder than you could you know swing it with your arms. And I'm just thinking of like people slapping, you know, doing the book, like auto attack and yeah. just having like, like a, like a pistol, like
2: trigger there. And just <laughs> <laughs> if if it, if it weren't for the fact that I knew we'd only get like three submissions, I would totally run a contest for like design a gun book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we only need one. Hey, a book <laughs> yeah. spine
1: a book's yeah. spine on its own hurts a lot. If it you're doesn't. actually like triggering vibrations through that thing when you you're gonna get you're gonna get some good power. Yeah. Then. So could, yeah. Could be a good <laughs> shin shinbreaker yeah. for my lollipop. <laughs> there
3: you go. <laughs> maybe you're just maybe you're infusing your summons with ethereal projectiles you the shoot gun, them with. Yeah. I don't know.
2: <laughs> as far as gun. the original weapons go, how <laughs> I many? just I just figured out the gun book. Mm. I'll yeah, do you. do you're be super there happy. You, you ready for this? I don't think I am. Okay. Uh, gun eggy. <laughs> wait, okay, okay. No, we'll wait, never wait, get that either.
1: Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. wait. Are you gun. saying are you saying the the Eggy is a gun or yeah. the
2: Eggy is holding a gun? Sure.
1: Look. Like,
2: yes,
0: okay. Yeah. Only yeah. if it throws the gun when it's Or of ammo.
2: or we'll double up. It'll be the gun gun. We'll have the gun Eggy holding a gun. Oh shit. You know okay. full well that right. we are never getting another Eggy ever. You know that. So I don't <laughs> know why you would Ghost say these
1: Pirates things. versus Pirate Ghosts all
4: over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I would say that while I do, Ethis, I do agree with you. I think it's very likely that they, I mean, yes, for a variety of reasons, wanted to make this just kind of a, oh, resistance weapons. Uh, that way we can design whatever for whatever classes and put them out into the world, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder if the summon that they're trying to come up with May wield as all of her weapons mm-hmm. the original relics. Like that has okay. been one of my one of my thoughts. But that's is she gonna have a gun here. gun? How yes. many gun guns will she have? We'll just have to see.
1: She's got a lot of options. She's, she's gonna have a big bomb bag gun gun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All she has to do is throw, throw Jar Jar at us and we'll just be like, you know what? You win. We're not dealing with this. Good luck on the resistance. We're
4: done.
3: The, the only instance in the entire game is uh, that nobody has ever finished is that trial when it gets released. Uh, no world's first record. Nothing, because nobody can barely get through the fight. Yeah.
2: Just Jar you Just stop and, and vote abandon, yeah. So welcome <laughs> you to the trial. Alright. Well, <laughs> well, Oh damn, damn it. Zenidra, could you press the button for me? Zinedra, she didn't you even have button her headset. She just quick. took the headset. Can we get the button, huh? the button? Zen the button. No. Thank you.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <sighs> he said Misa
2: and I just no. Yeah, just I saw. That's fair. That's that's fair. Um, so about these resistance weapons that we're making uh, we know that they can be enhanced further in accordance with the enemies one faces uh, these weapons are never truly complete until their purpose is fulfilled so it's just Mm -hmm. hey go fight stuff it's a relic weapon I mean you know like it's it's it sounds a little bit soul
4: stony
2: it sounds a little bit
0: anima weapon like it's it's the same thing it's a little bit thing. soul
2: stone. It's a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. It's zodiac. Bra- I mean,
0: like the Queen's Blades, they're the zodiac braids, Bodger Edition. Right. Like, it's the yeah. same thing.
2: Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, getting into uh, Makoto, Sears, and the Crystal Focus. Um, so, we know that Don't the practice wanna. of Sears goes back as far as the fourth astral era. Um, although the Bojans believe that Gunhilder the first was the first. Um, Makoto believes that they possessed the Echo, right? There was that idea we, we did mention a little bit earlier about how the, the Echo can work a little bit different for some people. Um, in this case, if it was the Echo, uh Gunnhilder could see some pretty interesting things.
0: <laughs> this this is this is strange though, because we know that these seers were elegant survivors that's that's the the narrative that we're given they yes elegant survivors that were traveling to boja trying to like you know help people through the trauma of the fourth umbral uh calamity by you know messing with their memories um and yet the bosians maintain that the first queen gunhilder was also one possessed with this power and could do these well things. so
2: so one one thing that we've we've seen right through throughout um, fourteen is is mm-hmm. Garlemald making up for their lack of magics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we know that I mean Allegans had magics, right? Yeah. Um, so, but I, I I still wonder if maybe it is true, right? We did have Gondoler the first was the first seer, and then after the calamity, the Allegans came over, and maybe they helped to do a slightly less magical version, something a little more practical, right? With using their knowledge and their tech and stuff, maybe? Mm -hmm. Using this crystal focus, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like an aid or something? I'm just grateful to see some, like, low-tech glowing rocks in my Final (laughs) Fantasy. Because it's been... That's fair. It's been guns and cars and spaceships for a long time now, and this is kind of nice. I'll take it. Agreed. Mm -hmm. There you go. Getting back Um, to
3: the whole realm of 12, honestly, really, I mean, because it does have more of that grounding in sort of the fantasy elements, although, of course, there, you know, is the imperial kind of influence as well. But it's fun to go back to that more fantasy twist, because I do think like the sci-fi fantasy has always been a, a constant theme and sort of you know, warring ideologies in all of the Final Fantasies. But me personally, I always liked the magic and the shenanigans. So for mm-hmm. me, I'm I'm happy to get back to some of this kind of more, I don't know, high fantasy or fantasy feeling sort of mm-hmm. Final Fantasy content.
1: Yeah, I'm a very stone and light kind of guy, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, if we look at the, the lore of when people with the Echo appear, it might have been a pretty short-lived thing because we don't have much Evidence for Echo users existing distant from calamities. Like they're usually clustered around calamities. So it might have been a short lived thing anyway, for all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, and we see this
2: uh, in the, the actual cutscene where you do stuff with Sid. So these crystal focuses, right? Um, Seers could use them to delve into the minds of the downcast and heartsick and then alter their darkest memories to ease their burdens. Um, focuses appear to be man-made again right that idea of maybe the Allegans made something to kind of help aid with with what they were doing um though it is improbable that the Bojans made them due to the methods available in the fourth astral era again Allegans we knew were were a little more advanced probably than the Bojans were so they probably had the resources to do that um they do say that the structure of them is similar to that of alec and constructs um and they they propose that maybe the the seers are elegant survivors of the fourth thermal calamity who then wish to atone for the sins of their forebears um and there's a there's a, a comment on this one uh Shishu, you want to yeah
0: well okay so for those who who don't know the the Oni shishu was um an organization um founded by princess selena who is the the last surviving of the uh the royal line of of Alleg um that immediately before the um the calamity uh started stockpiling resources um to try and like preserve as much of Alec and kind of know-how as possible to survive the pending calamity so that they could basically like you know help mitigate it and then help like rebuild afterwards um and uh uh, they built Heaven on High. Um, and they are basically like the, the, they, they, they perform the same functions as the, the Shalians in, in the far East building etherites and, and stuff like that. Um, so whenever I hear about like a group of elegant survivors going around on this mission of, uh, you know, like soccer sucker and, and peacekeeping at the beginning of the fourth Astral era, it just absolutely stinks of the Onishushu, and I would not be surprised if um if this was
2: their work as well. Mm. that makes a lot of sense. Like I you know I the word there I was like yeah weren't they the was that the fourth it was? Holy crap, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Uh um, um, so it's speculative but yeah. likely I think. Mm. Um one of the the things that they again um the idea of different types of ether and memory so uh we have corporeal ether which is the flesh it's the body um if you had somebody that was just corporeal ether they would be like a walking corpse so uh or (laughs) or as uh we want to move once I call them here uh ashkin group a (laughs) um we have incorporeal ether which is the soul so if you had just incorporeal ether you'd be a ghost um but uh, Moose Moose has a note on this, too, I, I, I know. So you want to <laughs> just walk us through this one?
1: <laughs> this is actually, like, my jam. Because um, this, <laughs> believe it or not, this, this lore has existed for a long time, but in very, like, inconsistent ways. Like, it's never been locked down like this. So seeing it locked down after all this time is really interesting to me. Um, Aether originally worked a little different in 1.0. But when we got to 2.0 we could see that there was like this very specific difference between corporeal and incorporeal ether it was it was a big part of primal summon even though it wasn't very clearly explained at the time was that like the ether of the land the corporeal ether that would become the body that it manifested in and that's why it hurt the land because it needed to constantly drain that to stay physically manifested Whereas the aether that the primal was working on in terms of spiritual and magical power was related to the soul and incorporeal ether and the amount of faith that things had in it. So we've always had this idea that there's a difference between the two, but seeing it laid out in a way that we can say, yes, this is how it works. That's super interesting to me, and I'm glad that we have it now, especially this idea of um, ethereal memory. Because that has been the basis of primals. Aether has memory, because mind and soul and memory are all very closely related in kind of the Eastern worldview. But again, it's never been clear enough to be able to tell people when they ask about it yeah, this is how it works. Um, this also helped clarify some things
0: for us that we saw in, in 5.1 and 5.2, where, um, again, since the beginning of ARR, we've had this idea of basically. Uh, 14's metaphysics being a kind of substance dualism. So you have corporeal, incorporeal or like phenomena and, and noumena, basically. Um, and, you know, that that forms the basis of a lot of like, you know, fantasy metaphysics. And, and again, it's a very like Eastern idea as well. Um, but then in 5.1, we got a separation of like noumena into soul and mind being two separate things. And that was really, really confusing. And kind of the, the <laughs> clarification here between like, you have you have soul, you have that incorporeal ether, and then you have ethereal residue. And that being stuff like memory, stuff that we sort of intuitively attribute more to mind is also like extremely clarifying and extremely useful. And then like go- going back to, to ghosts, for instance, right? It seems sort of implicit that they have the incorporeal ether, but not not the memory; they're sort of freed of the ethereal residue. Um, residue attached to corporeal or incorporeal—we're not really sure yet. But just like the idea in general that we are sort of like clarifying how how mind works, how mind and soul is different, how like the metaphysics of this game are actually like constructed—is um, is really is really helpful and uh
1: and really compelling so i think you're right that it's going to tie heavily into not only 5.1 and 5.2 but 5.3 because that's exactly mm-hmm. what we're building on mm-hmm. with the pneumo that joined mm-hmm. our party um i suspect it's going to lean towards incorporeal ether because they're they got that whole thing about the blood going on how it's the catalyst between mind and body mm-hmm. um But yeah, I think they're really priming us to understand what the hell is going on on the first.
3: It's interesting too, because (laughs) I don't know, I mean, this I think could almost be a whole nother entire discussion. Um, But with some of the stuff that we've seen with, you know, um, awakening, you know, the Warriors of Light or this kind of idea, the memory or the um, sort of vision that Heidelin, you know, subjects people to, that can awaken um, parts of, you know, the Echo or parts of themselves. Um, I I think it's curious because when we had a lot of discussion about what exactly those meteors were in the trailers, like when it first came out, like were the meteors a reflection of stuff that happened with the Meteor Project? Were they a reflection of other parts? Um, did it even go all the way back to the destruction of Amarrat? Was it like a memory that people were... Um, almost experiencing of their time before or, you know, however it works. Uh, But it's interesting to think that, like, there is some kind of memory evocation that, you know, Heidelin could do that would Mm. tie into some of this system or that could, like, actually either alter people's memories or reawaken or, you know, I, I don't know. But um, that's like a whole other thing I think probably you guys would know even more about. But it does get me thinking about it, at least, um, as we kind of look ahead.
2: Does this explain why Leviathan has two heads? Residue. Because, <laughs> the residue in you know, your brain. you when we, when we transferred over to the first, we got screwed up. And that's why we can't remember it very well.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you got to imagine, right, like, if memory is ethereal mm-hmm. residue, it's not part of you, it's stuff that clings to you. Right. And being thrown into, like, you know, the the torrents of the ethereal stream probably, like, wash some of that off, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, is sure. this a metaphysical <laughs> explanation of some of the, like, uh, memory loss that we've seen, you know, like... If you like, I I mean, if you want it to be, then yeah, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. If
0: it works for you,
2: yes. Yeah, it's just, just, (laughs) I like the implications of it being residue. Like, I like that. That's kind of cool.
1: I kind of empathize with the Warrior of Light in that regard. I mean, how many times do you load into content and you're like, oh, I have no memory of this place. (laughs) Exactly.
3: (laughs) Markers. Well, I mean, and then right. there's
2: that that other weird kind of lore thing, right? Where anytime you go back and you do a trial again or whatever, that's just you kind of reliving your memories. Mm. So, <laughs> and it's different every time because mm. uh,
4: resident reasons. I don't
0: yeah. want
2: to. I do. I do
0: not want to dive too much into like yeah. memory and lunar narrative dissonance. Oh, yeah, oh is, yeah, yeah, you know,
2: yeah. Such a such a can kind of worms. You just gotta <laughs> let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Um. so um, the way that the crystal focus works is it helps to isolate the ethereal signatures of the memory so it helps for that, that ethereal residue right which is the memory <laughs> um, and then you can kind of go in and explore it um, information can be comprehensive but it can also not always be true to fact uh, case in point Sid got shot by Varus <laughs> <laughs> just kidding it was his dad um, these memories can be distorted over time uh, or they can also be uh, distorted when they first are committed to the mind as a result of personal bias. Sid's like, I don't want to remember that my dad shot me, so uh, it was virus, And that is what gets kind of saved, right, in, in, in the, the back of his head there, into that ethereal residue. Um there's also different types of memory, right? Because it's, it's not enough that we have these different types of ether. Now we also have different types of memory that we need to look at too with all this stuff. So we have explicit memory, which is consciously stored and recalled. Um, so this one is really sensitive to uh, misrepresentation. So if an, if, if an individual is choosing to alter an event to better suit their liking, right? Again, going back to SID. Um, then you have implicit memory, uh, which is passively accumulated by the subconscious. So all the other stuff that was happening, right? You have the troops walking around and stuff in that instance, that's implicit memory. That was stuff that was just kind of going on. That was just kind of being, you know, saved to disc, right? Without really even noticing. Um, and so that's what uh, this year's prefer to go into because uh, there's a better chance that that will be absent of bias and influence and change. Um, so uh, through the echo, we had uh, Archon Mikoto. Um, who again? If if people don't remember, uh, she was mentored by Moonbrita, rest in peace, um, and she can peer into the future. Um, some other things we we found out here: she has a twin sister, um, and just casually, uh, mm-hmm. just yeah. I have a twin yeah, definitely sister. Definitely not going to uh, come up again. No, <laughs> no yeah, really fun, little, no. Fun fact. I, again. Wait for the the, the, the tinfoil hat section. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> so she was also a student at, uh, at Baldessian, Um and, uh, she kind of walked away from the forum, um, for, for whatever reason, I don't think it was ever specifically, she didn't agree with, with some of the stuff they were talking about. Um, was that, was
0: that in reference to her or a sister?
2: Her sister. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Makoto is just like a teacher essentially. Right. And she's mm-hmm. still with, with the, 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 group, right. More or less. Um, but her sister just kind of like left and she hasn't really seen her since or talked to her since. Um, mm-hmm and um, she also says again in regards to this this idea of seeing the future right the echo does not show me what may happen but what will happen okay <laughs> we, ha- we have to we have to yeah stop let's here. take a pause because the the, the other <laughs> uh, on the on our outline is just i hate it yeah me too so okay <laughs> all right so if you're saying not what can
0: happen but what will happen, you're implying that the future is immutable, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But Which is against everything this expansion has done.
0: Exactly, that is demonstrably false. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm um, holding I'm holding out for 5.3 cuz like I I want to hate it, but I can't. To be, to be fair, let have we have
2: delete. we Given Makoto the full rundown of what we've been up to since the Evil East quests. <laughs>
1: I can I can go in two directions with it, and then I'll let Ethis just like really hate it, because that, okay. that's please, yeah, please. <laughs> That's my job. So to hate it like a little less than I want to. Um, I'm gonna hold out for the idea one. Alexander did show us that the future should be like there should be an illusion of immutality in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. When you change time, it should heal itself in such a way that that's, quote unquote, the way it's always been. Alexander locked itself into a time loop where like 10,000 years ago, this was already in motion. And it has to be exactly as it was from 10,000 years ago to in the future when they go back in time to that point to start their own tribe. Um so there should be the, this illusion of immutality in 4D space when time changes and they kind of hinted it a little bit in Shadowbringers when we change the future successfully and everyone remembers that we change the future and Graha's still there and graha's like yeah i don't know why i'm still here like he says it out loud so maybe mm. they know that it's a problem in the plot maybe they are gonna go back and like close the loop somehow in 5.3 i don't know i will i will definitely be much more open to being mad about it in 5.3 i know mm. that that much but as far as echo future Sight goes in makoto's case i just don't get it i don't get it at all i want to believe that she's really reading like She's passively reading our memories, but she's really bad at it. So she just kind of like unconsciously puts all the pieces together. Like she's kind of osmosis off of us, like, oh, I know Sid. Oh, yeah. Sid was at Boja. I bet Sid would come if we asked him. Oh, Sid has PTSD, though.
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Um,. <sighs>
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the problem is like, if, if the future is immutable, then the idea of there being like multiple potential futures and subsequently like multiple concurrent timelines is, uh, not something that we can like reconcile with this claim. Um, unless like, as Moose said, it's just that loop is open. We haven't closed it yet, but it is inevitably going to be closed. But like, even then, um, I really struggle with this. Um, I've been wondering if it helps, if it means anything for us, if Mikoto is not actually seeing the future, but like future Mikoto is sending visions mm. backwards. Um, and that in so doing they become self-fulfilling. In so doing, they kind of like solidify the connection between our presence and a potential future that she's like drawing a line backwards to. I don't know. There might be something in that.
2: That's just Um, weird because I think about that. And I just, I just imagine future Makoto like 20 years from now, just sitting down at her desk somewhere. Okay. What Mm -hmm. date did that one thing happen? I need to remember. I need to send it back to that one point. Right. Yeah. That's
1: better than where I'm imagining her right now, which is (laughs) like sitting on her couch a month ago. Like, uh guys the eighth is about oh never
0: mind yep <laughs> i mean we we are given an explanation that like she's never seen anything particularly useful yeah so it it, it seems like they're it seems like the they're, they're conscious of that they're conscious of our protestations of mm-hmm. like well why didn't she predict the eighth umbrella? is like well because she's not good at it because she only yeah. sees the useless shit. Yeah. um but still, it just does not sit right with me. Like it's such a throwaway line that mm-hmm. problematizes like so much of the timeline shenanigans that we've been doing, particularly now, but really since heavens what. Um and I hate it. Um <laughs> I will have none of it and they need to they need to fix it in five point three five. We need a better explanation for what's going on than like, oh yeah, no, the future's set in stone, like I see it. That's just how it is. How does she know that's how it is? Yeah. How could and she how- possibly know that? She says, what? she says, no, I'm not, I'm not done. Just let me let us no. out. She says that it's not what can happen, but what will happen. How the fuck does she know that? <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's how just been her experience. How can she be? No, it's because right. she's a narcissist. She's like, no, all of those, <laughs> all of those other like seers and soothsayers that that see like potential futures. I'm better than them. I see right. exactly how it is. No, I don't accept it. She's full of it. She's a liar. I'm done.
3: No, it's. I mean, it's weird, and I agree with you. It also is <laughs> strange because, like. It goes against literally every single thing up until now that we have at all thought the Echo was or did or could do. And as I was sitting there, I was like, wait, what do you... hold up. I always thought that it was cool that I could see into the past, because there's a lot of mysteries in the past of this world, and that's been a big focus, right? What has been lost in time that we need to know living in the present. But as a player even, just from like a player experience, you're sitting there and some like NPC comes in from a 24-man and is like, yeah, well, I can see the future and it's always right. And you're going, Hmm. wait, why am I seeing garbage in the past then? (laughs) (laughs) I want to be able to see the future. This is is garbage what I had before. I thought it was fine. But what do you mean this girl can see the future? And I'm over here just digging through useless garbage about what people ate for lunch last week. Like I hope the the right kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, yeah, like and I thought, (laughs) oh hey, with all the Amarath stuff, maybe our echo is gonna play a bigger role in that. We've been hypothesizing for like future dungeons, maybe we go into a dungeon that's our memory of Amarath and all this stuff, right? But we still Mm. haven't even seen that necessarily pay off. So having, like, this random character who's just like, but I can see the future, it (laughs) did strike a really weird chord. Like, whether or not you're big into time theory or anything else, it's very strange. And I don't know if, like, from her experience, if we kind of view realities as, like, branching timelines. Mm -hmm. Like, she, it always comes true because for some reason she herself is, like, a fixed progression through a single timeline or, like, I don't know. It's right. it's very 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 weird, and it does create these huge problems for. I think the possibilities of of time and what we can expect from the game and all these things, and it's like, mm-hmm. why introduce this character that can see into the future, right? Other than to force us to, I don't know, have anticipation about an event that we've gotten a glimpse of.
1: Well, I've, I've made heard. a, I've made mm-hmm. a prediction error. Okay. listening to you guys be mad about it has made me more willing to right. be mad about it.
4: Um, <laughs> I've said it from the beginning. Like everything up until that point, all, yeah. all of the, little, the science, if you will, about all that mm-hmm. ether that Just they fine. introduced this us, was like, oh, that's really cool. And then when they actually try and use it, the crystal thing was kind of... And then when she's getting into her, this is what I'm like. Look,
2: you try <laughs> to make your own <laughs> ethereal physics system work, okay?
1: Let's dig <laughs> for a moment. All right. just, just told recently that the Echo is like a very imperfect version, mm-hmm. or like literally an Echo of this greater power that the ancient beings used to have. So that means that like every little individual manifestation of the Echo is in some form related to the core power that they all used to have. So does that mean that they mm-hmm. all had this future site? Like why the hell was debate such a large part <laughs> yeah, of their like... They already knew what was going to happen. What
2: are they arguing See, about? This is why my pet <laughs> theory, my pet theory, is that she's experiencing the echo in the future and there's some sort of bleed over. So she thinks she's seeing the future, but she's seeing what, she's, what the future was for her at the time. Some sort of mm. weird echo loop. That's the only thing that I, like, then we don't get into time, we get into the echo being broken. And somehow it's bleeding over between, you know, when she experiences it in the future and mm. when she was looking in on in the past. Like, that's what I hope. I don't have any way to rationalize that. You know, like you know, in the lore, but I hope Well my my question now is, and, and maybe maybe I'm just having a brain fart here, but hmm. so there's the idea of like she's a seer and there, you know, there have been seers for a while. Um her in particular, she doesn't really usually see anything important. Right. Exactly. Um, but we do get archons, right, when we have that umbral stuff or the, the calamities coming. They're like, Hey, about you know, the the end is nigh, right? Yeah. So are they seers? or well, are they also people that just have the echo and can see the future that brings us back to another 1.0 1. <laughs> 1. thread and
0: the one character who is in mikoto's corner and and i think i'll let moose run with this but uh messiah thousand eyes she suspects also had this this same ability mm.
1: I won't, um I- to Messiah Thousand Eyes, or is there anything you wanted to like follow up on there in that thought? No, line? I'm like not, I just question. want to hand you the ball there and let you run with it. <laughs> okay, please. before I do, I'm going to answer Fusion's question. If you think back to like the the lore panels in 2014, which may or may not even still be totally complete, yet, <laughs> the idea with the Archons <laughs> was that like there are people like Charleon who keep track of history. And, like, we have Archons in this area who showed up and were like, hey, the end is nigh. And it wasn't because the gods told them. It was because they were the only people who kept a history book. And they were like, oh, damn, look at all this. This is bad news. So, hmm. like, they all came to Eorzea. And they were like, oh, my God, the angels are back. And Louisa was like, no, I just have, you know what? Yeah, we're the angels. Brayon <laughs> <And Jay's laughs> like, <laughs> yes, Louisa. <laughs> <But>, of course. <laughs> so like we had this idea for a while that there's just this this mysterious overlap between the people who keep track of history and the people who are gifted with the echo and have heidelin's powers and mm-hmm. they just kind of get bundled together and remembered as 12 people who are the reincarnations of the gods. And maybe it wasn't really 12 people. Maybe they weren't reincarnations of the gods. We don't know. That's like one of the big mysteries that we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be thinking about. We want -hmm. want people to be thinking about that as we go towards the conclusion of the story because it makes it cooler when you find out. Yeah. But so Messiah Thousand Eyes is is, like, I'm just, I'm glad we have an excuse to talk about her again. She was the prophet who allegedly first foresaw that the cycle of the calamities was going to happen and she wrote down like this six verse poem what people thought was a six verse poem about everything that was to come and Louise was like entire purpose was to what they call it exegesis, to read old theological materials and try to divine their meanings. That was Louisville's whole bag was reading Messiah Thousand Dies' poem and trying to figure out what was going to happen and maybe forestall the calamity. So they originally thought there was going to be six because the seventh was supposed to be the big threat, which you can kind of see as a as a um, allusion to the fact that the game changed storylines. And they needed another calamity, maybe. But they eventually found Messiah had made a seventh calamity prediction. They found it in a cave and we're like, oh, damn. (laughs) So now we're just using Makoto as a way to say, like, oh, maybe that's how Messiah Thousand Eyes worked, which uh, maybe, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we want to buy the idea that the Echo can let you see the future sometimes and we want to buy the idea that maybe timeline doesn't timelines don't have infinite branches but just this one branch this one twinning of time space or space time that kind of Using crystalline cloning as a metaphor, kind of an inverted lattice of time that grows up through itself. We only have the two. Even if we want to believe that, we can still say Messiah saw what was set in stone because it was prior to that moment. Mm -hmm. But it's still a lot to ask to get us to accept that this one person foresaw it all, unless you're going to lean really heavily on the idea that the ancients did have this power and could see it. And she was just closer to the ancients.
0: But if they did, then they were stupid. Yeah. They really, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they really shouldn't have been debate. They really shouldn't have had like a whole office for debate. Mm.
0: But again, they, they already were stupid because, yeah. um, Well, okay. So, Omega, Alec, like all of that getting way out of hand, it's, it's kind of obvious that like the Ascians, you know, having this power over creation magic never actually had to do any engineering or any physics or any science of any kind. It was all like, you know, ivory tower, like pure reason, um, metaphysics and, uh, I don't know. Like, I keep getting the impression more and more, more and more stuff comes out, more and more of these implications we're hearing is that they really weren't all that bright. Mm-hmm.
4: Our world's screwing up. Let's fix it with some magic stuff. Why is it screwing up? How about you yeah. figure that out and address and that. And also,
0: and also, if you have this power of foresight, why why are you waiting until like the last minute? <laughs>
3: Yeah, and I mean, we don't, there's not really anything else to indicate that they, I mean, that they foresaw any of this happening, which, like you said, would, you would think that, like, if something this terrible was going to happen, unless it, like, came from a completely outside source, or, I mean, but we don't even, you know what I mean, like, Mm. unless it came from outside time itself, and that's what caused the great just destruction um, and, and led to this, you know, initial sundering of the world. Like, why wouldn't they be able to see or anticipate it? Why does it seem like it was well, just so sudden and unexpected? What if to- there
2: was a group that anticipated it and they made Hydaelyn? Yeah. Well, that was, that was afterwards yeah. was the thing, you yeah. know. Right? Yeah.
1: Are you, are you yeah, suggesting that it should be easily foreseeable that giving the power of darkness root admin access to the world soul <laughs> is a bad
3: thing? I act? mean, it's possible <laughs> that like the cons, I don't know. I now, now I'm going real wild, uh, but mm. like it's possible that if the world was existing in some kind of state of just like free creation and things like that, that time in and of itself was wild to some degree or or changeable. But that because of the laws they enforced upon reality through the summoning of Zodiac and Heidelin, who now seem to determine the boundaries of our existence, that linear time was created. And that now we yeah. exist in a fixed timeline because they hold it in that position and that possessors of the Echo can read it because yeah. they're connected to that source.
2: Mm. Yeah, we, we have to if if they can see the if seeing the future is a thing, we have to somehow reconcile that maybe the the, the sundering caused it. Cuz Cause otherwise it doesn't make sense that they could see the future.
0: I'm, okay, I'm mm. I'm going to I'm going to give the Amritines an out here. Sure. We 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 know that even for them their powers would manifest differently in different people mm. They would be more or less powerful in different people like Hades was really really unique in having this exceptional a connection with the live stream and connection to the dead and you know those particular powers maybe like clairvoyance and foresight was something but it was mm-hmm. just really really rare and maybe there was someone that foresaw their calamity and they you know treated them like anyone would in like shut up you don't know what you're talking about you're crazy
2: they, yeah. you know they, they went to, they went it. to tell them about it and they just got shot but by the dead live-
1: They lived in utopia. If they could objectively prove that this person has this power, wouldn't they all be like, wow, that's
4: great. Here's a red mask. (laughs) They were like, that can't happen. But what if you're Uh, right? What if it was super rare? Yeah. Uh, And so like the one person pops up and it's like, guys, I think think bad stuff is going to happen. Because they told us in the game, as soon as people started imagining bad stuff happening, it started to exist.
2: Mm, What if that was the cause?
4: That that one person who was like, Oh, what if bad stuff happens actually made the bad stuff happen? <laughs>
0: hmm. oh, so man. what so what then if Mikoto imagining the future actually makes the future happen?
3: Right? Uh, yeah, what if we view what if we view the future yeah. as another form of creation? Kill her. Like- Just kill her. Get
1: rid yeah. of that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, right. we
0: know we know that, like, all the expressions of the Echo and all magic in general are, <laughs> like, shadows and derivatives of Amartin creation magic. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway, let, yeah. let's wait for 5.3 to find <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> so yeah. move to to
1: it. Hey, hmm. Makoto, what do you think would happen if I won the cact pot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um... This is going to take us into our tinfoil hat. Uh, we're I think gonna, we already we're gonna... started. We, we started, story, but <laughs> for, <laughs> formally, right? Um, so the first, the first big thing I want to I address, right? We know that it, it it sounds like Noah Brown is looking to summon a primal. Uh, mm.
4: Who is and or head?
2: And or head. Mm-hmm. Who who is? What is this primal? Primal predictions.
0: I mean, it's got to be some expression of. Uh... Gunhilda.
2: That's mm. what i
3: think
0: right yeah
3: that was my thought too initially
0: i mean we yeah. we see like the the kind of uh, relief the glyph the painting whatever you want to call it of her which which in in the patch trailer i was like oh that kind of looks like maybe like a ronkin depiction of of Hydaelyn. um that's that's definitely Gunhilda, right can we can we all agree with that
3: maybe i think so yes Absolutely. like the only yeah. question
1: the only question i've seen is whether that is going to be the tie-in with the replacement for or the red herring of os yes mm. yes of uh, of what of Osra. oh of Osra, mm-hmm. okay the, yeah. the only other like really place your mind goes in final fantasy history when you think lady of blades not that yeah. mm-hmm. final fantasy history has to be manifest in everything we do have original primals here all the time Mm -hmm. yeah so we want to question everything i think is where it comes from but that's the speculation i see usually is what if it's somehow
3: connected to azra yeah. I mean, it could be both, right? Like, yeah, right, it could we be. We could mix. have Gunhilder, but who is summoned in an evocation of basically the equivalent of Asura, right? Yeah. So
2: maybe, so maybe yeah. it's a Asura. But I, I think the other interesting part too, um, and it makes me think a little bit about going back to like the end of Heaven's Word um, of three when you have this idea that like you have the knights, you have Thoradin that take this all that energy of the people from Ishgard, and they use that as their kind of summoning vessel energies, right? But if you look at what's going on now with Boja, you have the resistance who obviously, now that we're working on the blades of Gunhildr, right, are probably thinking a little bit more about the idea of, of a queen of Gunhildr. But you also have this fourth imperial legion made up of foreigners, some of which are Bojans. So are they drawing that kind of energy from one group, both groups? Are they kind of taking that prayer or whatever and using it... A, against the resistance like i'm really curious how that's gonna end up working out
1: i'm i'm leaving the speculation to you guys i'm a better archivist than a prophet (laughs) by far um like right now all i can think about is how certain we all were that somehow everything ilbert was doing was going to lead up to the summoning of of ralger and Mm. right at that key moment he jumps backwards off the wall and a giant dragon shows up and we're all like what? okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it could be another moment like that for sure mm-hmm. for sure. Um, another another one since i I'm usually the one that, like coming up with all the crazy ass ideas, right? Um, so going back to, to FF twelve we had Bashinoa, they were twins. We know Makoto has a twin that we haven't seen yet. So I think having that knowing about Makoto's sister that hasn't been brought up before, right? I think there's probably a chance that she'll come back, right? Because she kind of disappeared. She hasn't seen her for a while. Um, is she tied in with the Fourth Legion? Could she, she maybe be this the missing, the missing Toll mm-hmm. um, that we haven't seen? Um, I, you know, uh, well, we knows? also know that there's a spy in Genghis. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. Again, I mean, if if we're going tin foil hat theories with no basis whatsoever, absolutely, absolutely, just yeah, like
2: could be
3: Mikoto not be Mikoto, but actually be her twin who's infiltrating, <laughs> oh,
2: and pretending oh, to be her?
3: Yeah, and that's okay. why she said the future will happen.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: But then why
3: would she
4: tell
0: us that she's got a twin?
2: Right, like so that when we see the, way, the real Mikoto, we try and I don't. <laughs>
3: I mean, maybe really? <laughs> so that if Mikoto does show up, she could discredit her as yeah, having Yeah, we have that, that, like... that
2: cutscene where we have we have a gun oh. gun, and we have to choose Look which Mikoto the... to right, shoot. Right, so she
0: can already have the X like drawn on her forehead when the real Mikoto shows up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. if
1: it yeah. solves the issue <laughs> of echo foresight, I'm for it. I'll stamp yes. it canon right now. She's a Garlean spy. She's lying to us. She's just trying to lure Sid <laughs> dead into a. Tree.
3: I mean, it's look. It's maybe though. Maybe Can. she says that to try. Makoto and, like, doesn't actually have a
2: sister. Makoto's sister is actually just future <laughs> Makoto.
1: Yeah, I'll bless, oh, him. I'll, bless, I'll bless it all. We're gonna. She's a spy, and then later we're gonna see her in her cool judge outfit. Yeah, yeah, done. You
4: know that uh, that line where she says, "Do you remember me?" I passed it off as a joke, but it could have been like a sneaky way to be, to be like, "Does this person know who I'm supposed to be?"
3: Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like okay. it. Add a little okay. bit of an extra decoration <laughs> on the cat. <Okay>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Get some tassels up in the <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> mm. hell yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I that that could be a thing. It would definitely help uh, deal with some of the I can see the future shenanigans. Um, you know, maybe that's the future she's trying to steer us towards. Uh, mm. It would also maybe make sense as to why she has so much knowledge about all of this kind of th- this stuff that's going on and, um, you know, is suddenly able to delve into all of this seer stuff. Although, I mean, Makota herself seems to have had enough knowledge from what we know from the 24 man that I still think it's justified, but maybe. Mm.
1: As, as a matter of respect and due diligence, I just want to throw out there again that this... This arc is being written by Matsuno son. And Matsuno has always been more of a of a big vision kind of guy than a little details kind of guy. And we yes. clean it up later. Um, when we first did Return to Ivalice, a few vases were broken. We needed to clean it up. like So there's always been a little bit of an oddity when someone from outside comes in and they learn everything about this and they try to do it themselves. And again, the grand vision is usually what he's concerned with. So maybe they're just oddities caused by the fact that it's Mats Nisan coming back to liberate the city that he put under Garlean. That might, in the end, just be the cause of the oddities, and I'm okay Ma- with Masano that. Masuno comes like, on board of the project. He's like, "You did what to,
2: to my to my places? No,
1: yeah. <laughs> get them out of there." Because uh... I'm I like I'm begrudgingly okay with that. Like mm-hmm. he's one of the reasons why I'm what, a, what would be a Final Fantasy fan and not just yeah. someone who paid played one or two games. He I with Yoshida and Koji, I'm basically just like, "Yeah, break whatever you want, sir. We'll clean it up." <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh you dropped a plate let me get that for you yeah
2: um and that brings us into another interesting point right talking about the big picture um we did have kind of a weird cliffhanger with the return to evil series and that was gabronth at the lighthouse talking about mm. tartarus mm. are you ready uh so
0: we, we need to clarify here, the way he talks about Tartarus there is Tartarus is not a place. A lot of people are looking at um, uh, the namesake for Tartarus being mm-hmm. basically the lowest pit of hell in Greek mythology um, and thinking that, you know, it's, it's a place, it's a dimension. It's like the bottom of the seventh hells. It's some kind of like portal between worlds into the interdimensional rift, whatever. Um, the way Noah understands Tartarus is it is the weapon that caused the Ridarana cataract. So that great big hole underneath the Ridarana lighthouse that basically made them uh made the Galgans uh, abandon their city. Um at least, you know, as as far as the uh the Gallians understand. Um that was this weapon called Tartarus. Um and we experienced some simulacrum, some approximation of it there with um, construct, it's construct 7, right? Is it Construct 7 or 8? It's Construct 7, right? I don't know. I'm bad <laughs> with numbers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, Noah reckons he's recovered it. And um, when we originally saw the patch trailer, we saw it like what had happened to Baja You know, we were wondering, like, before we knew that it was Sid's memory, and it was, like, some kind of Inception nonsense, we were kind of wondering if it was perhaps related to that somehow, mm. somewhere. But that has got
2: to come into play here, right? Because this is a I mean, sequel yeah. to Return of I mean, the even, even, even if the fourth is made up of all foreigners, one thing that the Garlean military is really good at is mm. finding weapons that they didn't make, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> digging them up, and then doing mm. something stupid with them. So, yeah, I think, I mean, at some point they got to address it. Like, absolutely. Mm. Like, that was, they set it up. You know what I mean? Like, they're gonna come back to it. Um, other question is just made me
1: realize that the uh the whole Garlians digging up old weapons and misusing them thing, like that's Asian mo to it. Mm-hmm. No, we know it's like all related. So great, everything is black market antiques roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I mean uh,
0: there's there's the other thing with Tartarus in that we've got like the the Ronkin connection there, the S rank in um uh in Raktika uses uh Tatarian spells, like all of his spells like Tatarian this, Tatarian that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and he he mm-hmm. he's got like dialogue where he's talking about Tartarus as well, that weird like Lich S rank. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what to do with that. Um so, you know, if I'm making tin foil hat speculations, there's some connection here between Gaug and boja and Noah and Tartarus in the first somewhere, somehow, maybe. Yeah. That's on my wish list. Please yeah. let me know why they've used that term in right mm. of all places.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the only other connection I mean the Viera? Like I, I mean, I'm trying to think of what would tie those two zones together, even because they're so different geographically. Nothing.
0: Like nothing, yeah, yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. Other, other than you know maybe the wild, wild theory that the survivors of Gag fell through that hole into the mm-hmm. live stream through the Ritterana Cataract and landed <laughs> on Novrant and founded bronca i i hate saying that because someone's gonna pick that up and run with it oh, yeah. and say like oh well after said it was like this so but uh hey we're in that segment of the program i mean it's, where, it's uh, that
2: same it's it's a it's a parallel pathway to the one that hilda brand and greg fell into oh boy right? sure just... why not yeah, why yeah. not? <laughs> why the hell not bring we're hilda brand into, it, into eureka 2.0 let's just let's just do it let's <laughs> just go full hildebrand and uh
4: you miss your buddy don't you
2: Noah noah tries to summon this multi-armed primal and then gilgamesh just shows up and he's like hey i did it but he didn't do it but he thinks he did sure (laughs) yeah
3: yeah yeah yeah.
2: um i've got i got one more
0: theory here that's a little bit less uh tinfoil hat but still you know highly speculative um we see in sid's memory that the that there was a bojan resistance cell that had infiltrated the city um right before the the incident or shortly before the incident and was trying to fight their way into the tower presumably to stop it um which implies they had knowledge of what was going on Hmm. um there's only one person that had worked out that something really, really bad was going to happen and he got shot for it. And that was Sid. And my speculation here is that Sid didn't only take that information to his dad, that he published that somewhere or fed that to these resistance cells Um, and that his first act of defiance against the Empire didn't actually happen after his defection and maybe part of the motivation for his defection was that he had already committed treason by trying to give the Bosgians a chance
2: at saving themselves hmm.
4: i like Isn't that idea, interesting idea? Yeah. i don't, don't feel like that's his don't.
2: character at that time though hmm. i think he's don't too he's mean... still too invested in the idea of the empire and and loyal to his dad to to do that But then, then but it's... then where did the where did the resistance get that information yeah. why were they trying to I mean break if, into the if the account? fourth has spies in Gongo so why can't the, why can't the resistance have spies in at the side oh, sure sure, sure. You know? but current... no one but no one
0: knew what was happening and that it was a bad idea except for Sid and he'd been up all night for weeks
2: I mean did Sid have an assistant it out
0: <laughs>
4: the he current knows. existing resistance though uh doesn't like Sid initially they're nope. like no right. screw, screw that guy And you'd think, unless he did it anonymously, he could have anonymously tipped them off. Maybe
1: they had a seer that saw it. Oh, boy. (laughs) telling me to go back and read the tales from the storm where Mm -hmm. the Bojans attacked that, uh, what was it, like, uh, the science fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was them, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Nero
0: and Sid fought them off with their, like, remote control.
1: Uh, you the turret. <laughs> yeah. I
3: mean, would it be at all? Po- I don't know what. Do we have any idea what Nero was doing around the time of all of that? I don't. Claim I don't that people any, didn't like him. Well, I don't have any impression mm. that he was there, right? But
2: no. Um,
3: I mean, it's probably just I,
2: off being sad that they picked Sid instead of him for the project. Yeah. I, I mean, he was probably in his already. In he,
0: he took a different path. Like, he took the more military path. Path, he was probably already working for Gaius at that point.
3: That'd be my guess. Because my only other thought was like, if he were nearby and he somehow found that information from Sid, and whether he did it on some moral compulsion, which I don't necessarily think, or if he did it to try and frame Sid for treason. He would have
2: done it as a dig, yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, but we have no implication that he was there at all. So, I mean, I think that it could be likely that Sid would have possibly leaked it. But I do also see the argument, honestly, that it seems more likely from what we know as human beings to take it to your father first, unless there was something else that had already tipped him off to his father not being willing to listen, mm-hmm. which could be. I mean, we we don't really mm-hmm. know with his memories.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think yeah, right. point, we'll, we'll, we'll
2: bring Nero into it because, I mean, they've the, you know, Nero was always there with Sid at some point, right? Crystal Tower, Omega he'll he, he must pop up at some point um and you know i think the idea of where was nero when that happened there's i think there's a decent chance that they may answer that uh, Look, or we, at we least... haven't we haven't seen
0: nero in the weapons quest line where he absolutely should be definitely and yeah. we haven't i mean i like, i wouldn't mind saying invader as well but like it's the absence he could be of in either nero. one easily yeah yeah, the
2: absence of Nero is really conspicuous right now. He's up to something. <laughs> for sure.
3: Oh, really. yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: Maybe he just shows up and, and Gaius is getting ready to, you know, kill another one of his orphan children. And, and he, he Nero's just modified his red attack into this giant other weapon thing. And they just, like, duke it out. <laughs>
4: Oh, Nero
3: geez. as Nero as eventual emperor of Garlemald would be oh, a God. pretty wild journey. I don't ever want to see a person named Nero as an, you know, Nero
4: as an emperor. This is this, this
2: <laughs> an interesting point. Again, because I did Praetorium yesterday, and all, all these things mm-hmm. that like I I hadn't noticed for a while came flooding back. Um, mm. They introduced Gaia, and they are like, yeah, and she has a hammer. Nobody has a hammer in this game. And here's Nero yeah. again, being like, won't somebody I notice him? It was a good <laughs> yeah. Not Not just that, but like
0: La Brea delivers a line in Praetorium, the hammer of darkness must needs be brought down yeah. upon the shield of light. And that's like exactly what guys mm. is doing in, in E8. And I was, yeah, I was pog Champing pretty hard there.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: That was a nice little, uh... What yeah, lines can we
2: go that? back
1: to and just take literally and just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still yeah. holding out hope that Nero's known Gaius is alive, like, this entire time. Right. Oh, Nero's definitely. Gaius is going to be like, hey, what's up? Sid's <laughs> going to be like, you knew? You never asked, Carlin." Yeah. <laughs> N-
0: Nero's going to show up and be like, okay, would you stop telling everyone that you were just too angry to die? You were unconscious and I dragged your ass out of yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was convinced Nero saved him yeah. that he went back to watch the weapon in action cuz how could he not Seriously?
3: Yeah. Okay, that so was
1: I, I looked up the um the tale from the storm and mm. when they're doing the Imperial Youth Magitek exhibition the excuse mm. that they give is that the rebels Want to put a stop to whatever Midas is working on because they imagine the experience th- or the experiment threatens their home. So even when they were still in school, the Bosians were like, I don't know what he's doing in there, but I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very so it might nice. be as simple as that. That, that might have been like Maybe. a weekly occurrence with bad
4: yeah. timing.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> right. Midas, Midas hanging out his window. This bloody Bojans at it again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Trying to work in here. Shit. They just threw a gun at my window. Those <laughs> kids. <laughs> they threw a gun gun at my window window. <laughs> Sir, you're stuttering again. No, I didn't. I didn't misspeak. Oh, and see, that's why there's Ruby weapon weapons.
3: It all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. There uh, we go. Comes full circle. Yep, oh my
0: God. I'm working on some bomb bad shit in here, all right? Get him out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like huh. my This is boss gun <laughs> gun. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Oh, Okay. Um it's any awesome. other crazy tinfoil hat theories that we want to throw out here in regards to Boja. Uh that we talk we talked a little bit about Beastmaster, but yeah. The idea of Beast Tamer it was down yeah. here there as well, so. Yeah. I think I it's think a there's thing. a chance of it, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: No, I'm spent.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm good. Yusa, Yusa can't <laughs>
2: handle any more of this? No. This is very cathartic <laughs> for me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So that is going to do it for this episode of Lorecast. Thank you very much for tuning in and checking us out here this week. Uh, if you want, you can email us at 8thRateRadioGamerscape.com. You can tweet at us at 8 radio. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Discord at Gamerscape. G gamers, slash uh, Gamerscape. We have an 8th right radio channel on there. There's a lore channel as well if you would like to talk uh, about some of the crazy things that we said today. And that's going to do it uh, for us for today. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.
4: Everyone. Bye. Take care.